another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay, that's Saul, that's Flex, and that's Gerald on the end. How are you guys feeling today after game one of a new sun season? Oh, I'm exhausted. Me too. <laughs> it was a long, <laughs> long night last night for a variety of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And today's just, today was like the chill out day that everybody needed, I swear. Was it? <laughs> I need a nap. Well, it I didn't got a help diehard newsletter to, to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't help that Emma's trying to get us drunk first thing this morning, but, you know, it is what it is. I feel one and no. There you go. I feel one and no. Because you didn't go to breakfast. <laughs> I, was, I was busy doing I feel one and no. I always, I always feel good when the Suns win the night before, no matter what's yeah. going on. So It definitely makes these uh, these shows the next day a lot more enjoyable, that's for sure. Absolutely. Gerald, you feeling good? You feeling great? Yeah, I feel good. I'm tired, but I'm, it's nice to be tired from like covering actual basketball games again. Right, so exactly. I'm excited. Do yeah. we have, do we have, do we want to give people the update of what happened to Gerald today? We'll do that later. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys got to stay, listen, this is the teaser that gets you to stay for the whole show. <laughs> there is a reason why why Gerald is wearing the shirt that he is wearing on this show. <laughs> not that it's a bad shirt and not that you're not pulling it off very well, Gerald, but it's not the shirt he showed up to work it's in. So big. Yeah, oh. no, it was not. Yeah. Um, That's what our flex doesn't even know about this. Yeah. We'll, uh, I'll text, I'll text some people. See if we get some video of that for later uh, in the, in the show. We'll definitely bring up the reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The Suns did get a W last night, but they took some L's today, okay? The NBA announced today that the Phoenix Suns violated league rules. Um, I don't know what, what I was supposed to write down here. What is this word? They're, Covering. Getting, they're being investigated for Yeah. Uh, the timing of this season's free agency discussions that the league has rescinded the 2024 second round draft pick, Denver's own, that Phoenix acquired from Orlando in a prior trade. The outcome reflected a finding that Phoenix engaged in free agency discussions involving Drew Eubanks prior to the date when such discussions were permitted. So somebody snitched on the Suns, and I want to know who. <laughs> hey, this is the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about uh, a, a vet minimum contract that was agreed upon perhaps before the day free agency was official. Like, go fucking worry about something else, NBA. Go worry about something else. There are so many other things to worry about outside of just this. And you think we're the only ones? We are the only ones in the NBA that talk to any players before day one of free agency. Get out of here. Everything Saul just said. I mean, it happens all over the league. It's rampant. This is this is stupid. Um I, I can't even believe that they went this far with this. Like, if it was a superstar, I would understand why they felt like they needed to kind of bring the hammer down on something like that. But And this is not throwing shade at Drew Eubanks, but we're talking about a guy on a vet men here. You know mm. what I mean? Like, we're not talking about tampering with James Harden, who's trying to request out and, like, force his hand. Oh, like, let's talk about that. We're not talking that. about those type of things. Let's talk about that. I mean, damn if there ain't no tampering going on with James Harden for a long-ass time. Like, come on, man. This is stupid. Like, It's just weird because every team does this. Mm -hmm. Like, we know that this is how free agency works. So for them to be like, no, Drew Eubanks on a vet minimum contract, like, that's too far. We've got to stand up for something or fall for nothing. Like, what the... Drew Eubanks with the line. It's it's very bizarre to me. Um, And it's especially frustrating... Because, like you said, there's way bigger things that they could be focusing on. There's James Harden. There was Adam Silver's piss-poor response when Charles Barkley asked him about domestic violence mm-hmm. punishments in the NBA. Like, we need to get our priorities straight about what deserves punishment and what does not and the extent of that punishment. It's not a huge deal if you're the Suns. It's just funny to me that they decided to, you know, enact some sort of punishment for Drew Eubanks. Yeah, it's like, it, it gives me, like... You know, Bryn Tannehill actually had a really good uh, quote today or tweet today. She said, this is like like throwing the death penalty at a at a kid for stealing a gumball. <laughs> like that's that's what this is like. Get the hell out of here. Go worry about something else. This is nothing. And it does happen quite frequently across the league. So stop. I did find it interesting that the Suns put out a statement 
from a tweet. They didn't even email it out. So the Suns don't even hear like, yeah, it is what it is. We don't really care. (laughs) But they said, Suns statement in response to the NBA's investigation. Quote, we are disappointed with the results of the NBA investigation. If there was a violation, it was inadvertent. And we are focused on complying with league rules and competing at the highest level every year. With that being said, we accept the penalty from the league and are focused on looking forward to this season. In other words, we don't give a fuck about this. The shrug picks. emoji, right, Gerald? This is the nicest way to say F you, Dan Gilbert, for complaining because we know it was you. <laughs> like, yeah, we know right? some owner was being petty about this. Facts. And that's where it came from. But whatever. I wonder if this is like one of those things where the league was like, well, he's a new owner. So let's just like set the precedent at the beginning yeah. so that he knows better. <laughs> And then next time we'll just look away. But at least for now, we can say that we we did our due diligence. It's so stupid. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, it sounds like there's some shook people out there. Right? <laughs> That's what it sounds, sounds like. Sounds like it. Also, low-key NBA, mm. calm down, please, okay? <laughs> Two L's thrown the sun's way the yeah. day after opening night. Give mm. me a break. NBA official also tweeted out today that Phoenix's Josh Okogie was assessed a post-game flopping fine of $2,000 upon league office review for some BS. I don't know. I can't watch it because the, the link that, the, that they tweeted out with the video to see what they find him for is broken. Right. It doesn't even work. Yeah. It's a broken link. So it's like we're finding Josh Okogie $2,000. By the way, you can't see what And we're not going to tell you for what. Sorry. Flopping, but we won't let you be the judge of it for yourself. Chris Paul flopped three times yesterday. <laughs> oh, my goodness I mean. gracious. That's so, what I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, that's, yeah. that's fine. Josh Akogi <laughs> can take his fine because as of today, he is the league leader in three-point percentage. That's right. One of one. That's so, right. So, knock down three-point shooter. Here we yeah. go. Suck it, NBA. <laughs> I'm not tripping. allowed to say those words. You are not allowed to say those words. Only if you mean them, truly. That's facts. I met them last year, <laughs> and she still <laughs> skewed me. You're just not allowed to say those words. You and Espo. You guys uh-huh. are both them. Um, both uh, forbidden. They're on the waiting list? Yeah, on the waiting list. So okay. I think we have to turn things around You're just first. a mean person, Lindsay. And I'm just making sure my guy, <laughs> J.O., continues to have success. That's all. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping him safe from y'all's jinxes. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the latest news on what's going on around the Suns and the NBA. Hopefully, this is like a one-time thing and we uh, turn things around from here. We do know that the league is putting a little bit more of an emphasis on flopping, so... It's unfortunate that Joshua Kogi got this, but we probably will see a little bit more across the league as Joker well. Joker flopped in that preseason game, first first serve play. Yeah. Maybe he got fine. That was like three weeks ago. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's picking on poor Joshua Kogi, bro. He got the best player in the league flopping on the first play. Yeah, but they don't count. No, I'm just saying. I, I get it. Because even saying. Jan Paul said, how much, do, how much does LeBron owe? <clears throat> Nothing. They don't count. Oh, yeah, God. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm just once you make a but... certain amount of money in this league, it's just the rules don't apply for you, yeah. apply to you anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But hopefully, things will turn around for the Suns. And Maybe hey, the Warriors should have been fine as a team. Maybe. They kind of flopped in the fourth quarter. Oh, all day, all of them floppers. <laughs> Find them all. <laughs> Listen, like I said, hopefully, things will turn around for the Suns for the rest of the season when it comes to the NBA, just having laser focus on them and if you are looking to turn things around in your home and maybe update your flooring our friends over at empire today have got your back with empire today you get shop at home convenience the right product for your needs quick and professional installation and a price match guarantee they also have this really cool floor visualizer that you can try out by visiting empiretoday.com slash phnx this is nice because i don't know about you guys I'm not an interior designer, decorator, no, n- nothing of the sort. You're not? And I am so indecisive that like I'll be like, oh, I think I want this. And then I changed my mind 85 million times. And then I sit on it for a year before I actually make a decision, which is awful. Mm. But when you can actually just upload and see exactly what it's going to look like in your own space, chef's kiss. Absolutely the best. And right now you guys can schedule a free in-home estimate today with Empire Today, and all listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use the promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. I'm a little surprised that you said you're not a, like a designer. Why? Yeah. Like you have a giant ass fucking 89 foot skeleton out front of your house. Yeah. 
And then you painted a room whole like all black. Yeah. Right, you have a goth room in your house. Did you design that? Like, yeah, I, well, yeah, but it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do with it. <laughs> I mean, that's still design. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard. I it doesn't come it would... naturally. Empire it comes naturally to them. It's just flooring. I, that's what you think, Saul. That's what you think. I installed this floor, <laughs> which Empire is about to replace. So there you go. Oh, perfect. Hey, um, we also have some cool things going on with our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casino. Hell so yeah, you we do. Tell them about it. Yeah, come out and join us for a good time on Sunday for every single home game for the rest of the season for the Cardinals, and uh, our first watch party will also be out there for Suns out at Gila River Wild Horse Pass. Let's get it. It's gonna be fun. Uh, we're going to do live shows out there. The same thing we do on the west side, except now it's going to be on the east side. So all you east siders that were whining about, oh, I don't want to go to the west side. Uh, now you can <laughs> come to the east side and have some fun. Listen. <laughs> That's what everybody that sounds to me okay. when they whine. I'm gotcha. not trying to throw shade, but like also I was one of those. And I'm not even mm-hmm. an east sider. Lindsay I know you're a central person. Between 7th and 7th. If it's not her. central Phoenix. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but our friends over at Gila River Resorts and Casino, it's going to be a blast. And you can visit GilaMillionDollarsShowdown.com to get in on the action of some of the really cool things they've got going on, like the $1 million Big Reds Showdown. Uh, and for more information on Gila River Resorts and Casinos and all they have to offer, head to PlayAtGila.com. Saul, since you weren't here last night for our post-game show, which was a little bit... Um, different, unique I from a look that. perspective. Shout out to the D-backs for making it to uh, the World Series. That's exciting, though, okay. for them. What are your thoughts on last night's game? Let's dive into it, recap a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple things that stood out. First of all, uh, the Warriors still have an incredible third-quarter offense because mm-hmm. uh, they shot the lights out. But Shane Young also pointed out the fact that the Suns had something, I think, what was it, 19 or 30? I think 19. 19. Uh, possessions where they had shots at three that were that had at least six feet uh, of gap in between, mm-hmm. and they shot thirty one percent in those in those threes. Like that's not going to happen very often this season. Listen, I know everybody's like freaking out about the shooting percentages, but I just really don't feel like this is the team that's similar to last year. We don't have Landry Shamit. We don't have a lot of the guys that couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. Like we have bona fide shooters. We have Yuta. Uh, Grayson Allen is not going to play as poorly as he did yesterday, or n- nor shoot as bad as he did yesterday. Like Eric Gordon will shoot better. Like all these dudes are are there for a reason. Like that's just that was just such a, a, a you know an anomaly. So I think that was the biggest takeaway for me in the game is it's like the Suns were still able to win this game despite the fact that they're still trying to work out things, and mm-hmm. we expected that. And I said that I would be shocked if they didn't start you know, kind of 500 in the first 10 games of the season because they're having to figure it out. Now, if they if they start out better than that, even better, like even better. And they have the talent to be able to do that. We'll see it again tomorrow night against the Lakers. Um, I also thought two other things. One, Devin fucking Booker. I mean, everybody sitting there. Here we go again, Gerald. We don't have a point guard. (laughs) What are we going to do in the fourth quarter when it gets tight? (laughs) Like Devin Booker did just fucking fine. Like he was awesome in the fourth quarter and he was able to take control of everything. And he out Chris Paul, Chris Paul, like point blank. That's what he did. So let's do it that way. Uh, And then second, um, I loved the fact that they kept rotating uh, a Kogi and Goodwin uh, on defense uh, in and out for each other. Uh, at times they did play them for brief seconds uh, together, but I love the chaos they, they continued to play with and create out there. Um, those were probably my biggest takeaways. I just really love those two guys. Um, and I love making fun of people who are always whining about us not having a point guard. Cause that's what they sound like, bro. I could not disagree with you more Ooh, about what? everything. Everything you said, I completely disagree, bro. I mean, it's just trash. Everything you just said is trash. (laughs) Oh, I get it. Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen are washed. (laughs) They forgot how to play. Okay, I see. They just completely forgot to play. Mm -hmm. KD's washed. Mm -hmm. He forgot to play. Mm -hmm. Um, You just, you just can't. When you have a bad game in the NBA, Mm -hmm. it's going to carry on for eighty-one games. That's That's it. It's over. That's it. So I'm terrified right now watching that tape because I'm like, every time Gordon shoots, he's going to miss. 
and Grayson's gonna yeah. miss. Yeah. And and I'm worried that it may not be six feet next time. God forbid it may be seven. It's gonna miss even. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna get crazy. I'm actually I'm all. I did forget to mention that I do feel like um, Bradley Beal's gonna miss the rest of the season because of you know yeah a minor I, back injury. Yeah. Right. I, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm scared of that. I, and I'm pretty sure that this guy has fallen. So there's yeah. That. And and again, I can't stress enough, man. Kevin Durant is atrocious. <laughs> How dare this guy come out here and drop 20, 10, and 3? Almost 18, 18. 10, and 3. Yeah, y'all get what I'm saying. How dare he do that? Like, mm-hmm. that is such poor basketball. It's bad. It's bad. Guys, this, it's bad. If you're new to this, uh, I hope you understand that Flex is just joking around. Sarcasm. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Damn it. Just Go ahead, guys. G, man. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I mean, there there are obvious areas where they need to improve and just making shots with the shooters that they have is an obvious one. Um, there were a lot of first night jitters. There's a lot of guys still learning their teammates and figuring all that out. Um, and they were missing... Their third best player, <laughs> like the, so, were the Warriors. They were missing Draymond Green, obviously. But um, yeah, you feel good about a win like that against a Warriors team that has a lot more continuity on yeah. their side than the Suns do. <laughs> um, and you definitely feel really good about Point Book. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But I mean, man, he's currently leading the NBA in scoring. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Uh, he had eight assists and he just absolutely was phenomenal down the stretch. He scored or assisted on their last 15 points to close it out. Like that's what superstars do. And it's incredible to watch because we saw this last year in terms of KD kind of getting his bearings and then getting injured and coming back and having to figure it all out before the playoffs. But like even in the playoffs, Devin Booker, since KD has joined this team, has been the best player on this team which you can say that's because KD hasn't played as well as he is capable of playing. But like book has played like a top five player since KD has come here and the spacing, the extra attention that he commands is going to allow book to feast all season. And that is terrifying for opposing defense. Jan Paul Edward Dedios in the chat said, pick and roll defense needs to improve. It does need to improve, but we also need to acknowledge the fact that the warriors, the warriors, um, the nuggets, the and we'll see what happens with the Bucks and the Celtics and how they work things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be the four premier teams that will be hard uh, yeah. to defend pick and roll wise because they just have so many shooters and flexibility wise, right? Every other team doesn't have that, right? Like they just don't. So it's it's not going to be as prevalent a problem as those four teams will ma- would make it seem. It's hard when you have Chris Paul. Steph Curry and Clay yeah. Thompson and having to work through those issues on the pick and roll. And there was there was a couple times where Nurkic was matched up on Curry from the perimeter. And yeah. listen, that's a mismatch. Curry's just going to step back and he hit a couple threes on the step back against Nurkic. That's fine. Um, they'll 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 try to scheme as much as possible around that. The most important thing is is in the fourth quarter, like mm-hmm. what we saw yesterday. What kind of adjustments can they make and what can they cause? the Warriors not to take advantage of in terms of their own strengths. And that's what they did. And they were able to get back into the game and really ultimately take the lead and hold on to it. Like that's what good teams do. That's what Vogel is going to provide to this team. So listen, I love, I loved what I saw yesterday. I didn't love the third quarter, but I did love the fight. I did love the fact that these guys were trying to get through uh, and and work their system through. And I loved how they closed the game out. And that's exactly what you need to do when you're trying to be a championship contender. See, and I think that's one thing that maybe we didn't hit on enough last night either. It's just like down the stretch, those crunch time minutes, right? Because there was a lot of conversation in the offseason about the not having the traditional point guard and that being the moment that they think it would actually be the biggest downfall for the Suns is if things get a little bit out of control, yeah. you're in crunch time. Who is going to be that guy who can really like bring everybody together, calm things down, and get it back on track or Damn. on the right on on pace to win the game. And a lot of people were unsure as to who that could be or if it was by committee and if it would work out or not. It worked out last night. Yeah. Devin was a big part of it, but even Eric Gordon, you know what I mean? Like he had a bad shooting night, but when it mattered the most, the bucket went in. You, you know what I loved about Devin last night after going home watching the tape? You know, he knew what he was doing. Like he, I'm telling y'all, this guy's a maniac when it comes to basketball. He knew what he was doing. He said, you know what? We're going to be in this spot. Everybody expects me to take over because I'm Devin Booker. 
And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hit a Kogi in the corner. That's a three ball. I'm going to hit EG, keep his confidence right, hit a three ball. Then I'm going to get Nurk, hit him in the middle. Me, me and Saul watching the film before we got on here. Uh, Nurk gets that pass. EG's wide open in the corner. And so I, I believe Devin accepted the challenge and said, okay, I don't think I'm a point guard. I could show y'all right off the jump that I could drop 30 on your head and still be a point guard and win basketball games with my basketball IQ. And so I, I, I love that he went out there and made the statement on national TV in front of everybody opening night just so that we can kind of calm the things a little bit as far as uh, can Devin play point, can you know who's going to handle things at the end when, when it gets crazy. I think he's more than capable. I will say this last thing from, from the tape I saw. I know people want to talk about Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'm seeing between Book and KD that I, I think they have to figure out is Kevin's getting the ball in the wrong spot. Okay. Like, I... I, I want to see Kevin get the ball, especially on the left or the right wing, where he can see the double coming, because I think that's when he's at his best. There's a lot of film yesterday that showed he's getting the ball and he's in blind spots. There's guys coming and he can't see it. Mm. And that's where some of those shots that KD is taking. But it's a give and take. If you put Kevin in that spot where he can see the double in a better spot, you're now clogging things for Devin to be Devin. So uh, uh, I, I just think that they're going to work that out. They're going to figure it out. But I do believe that what we're seeing from Devin has a lot to do with what Kevin is doing away from the ball. And so that doesn't show up on the box score. Um, that doesn't show up as points, rebounds, or assists. But I think it opens up for Devin. So uh, they're going to be fine. Um, I just want Kevin to get the ball in better spots next, you know, going forward. Yeah, watching the tape from Brooklyn last year before he came to the Suns, the Nets ran a lot of pin downs and stuff designed to get him the ball at the elbows where he right. likes to operate from. So I would like to see the Suns do a little bit more of that. Um, sometimes he did catch the ball near the elbows, and like you're saying, his back was turned to where the help was coming from. Um, so that's one of those things they'll need to work on as the season goes on. Some of it was shot selection. I felt like a couple of shots in the first half, especially, he, he kind of rushed or, or forced to get his shot up. Um, but again, it, it's one of those things that it's game one. It's going to get a lot better as the season goes on and they get yeah. more comfortable because as much as this is technically KD's second year, he's had like 21 games regular <laughs> season with this team and 20 of them were with a whole different group of teammates. So it'll take time. Yeah, a couple growing pains for sure, but... I think this team is more than prepared and willing to kind of battle through those. And I think the growing pains will work themselves out faster uh, rather than later on in the season. Also, I think that now that Book has officially decided that he's rocking the headband, it seems like, for <laughs> however long, mm -hmm. we might need to check out our friends at FOCO and see if they have a Book headband bobblehead okay. or some tchotchke <laughs> of Book wearing a headband to add to the set here. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise, and their products include apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and so much more. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they've got yours, too. Get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHNX for 10% off. Also, somebody in the chat asked, Flex, when are you going to get some Shady Rays to rock on the show? We absolutely need to get that figured out ASAP because okay. Shady Rays yeah, is gear that is built to last. Damn, they are bad. premium polarized sunglasses. <laughs> you cannot beat Shady Rays. And exclusively for you, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, I know... It seems like they're really far away, but Christmas is right around the corner. This is the perfect, like, get a gift for you now and a gift for someone for Christmas. Works out really well. Just saying. Mm -hmm. um, all right, let's continue down and dive a little bit deeper into Point Book. So uh, after last night's game, we did get this tweet from Shane Young pointing out that Devin Booker now has 42 career games with at least 30 points and eight assists. Same amount as Kyrie Irving. More than Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, hey. and John Wall. <clears throat> it's pretty good company to be passing, and we're, he's going to continue to climb that list as the season goes on. I, I think a lot of people assume because Bradley Beal was the shorter player between the two that he would be running 
more of the point. We've been saying since the summer, we feel like point book is going to be in action a lot more this season. Nothing um, irritates me more than height arguments about yeah, positions. Right. <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking argument and it's such a casual take. Yeah. And it's also just people's lack of Sorry. knowledge about what book brings to the table from yeah. a playmaking skill standpoint. Like they must have missed, the, obviously the Nuggets beat them bad in the four games that they won in that series. But Devin Booker's playmaking, especially after Chris Paul went down, was pretty obvious. It should have been something that like, oh shit, this guy can do both. He can score and play make like he's the mm-hmm. total package. Um, but that's gotten lost in the conversation because they don't have a true point guard or whatever you want to call it. We saw that last night. We're going to see it more as the season goes. How many true point guards are in the NBA? True point guards? True point guards. In the whole NBA. Didn't we decide it was like basically one? <laughs> Chris Paul still? Chris Paul. El Viejo. <laughs> uh, My guy. I love him. Mm-hmm. But the old guy, the old man, Chris Paul mm-hmm. won. Why are we still talking about this, man? Like, I think it's just because it's it's new for the Suns, yeah. right? It's something that they're trying out. We haven't seen it on paper. You could maybe make the claim that it works really well, but a lot of people aren't going to go based off of just that. And it's because they just don't want to. Yeah, point guard in 2019. I know that. <laughs> we also had like 85 of them at one point in time, too. Yeah, and they were all bad. Trash. So, I don't know. But Devin was, af- was asked after last night's game what he says to the naysayers. And he answered it as expected perfectly oh, no. with a simple, I don't know. I don't talk to them. <laughs> Good job. Book. He ain't got no time for all the shenanigans out there. That was a great post-game interview. Because he basically just said what we've all been thinking the whole time. Like, people are going to continue to talk about this team. They're going to continue to root for its demise and make jokes about the big three when they're not able to play in games. But if this team is healthy, they are extremely dangerous. And the lack of true point guards or playmaking or whatever you call it is really it can be base. said both ways, folks. Hmm. Well. What's happening? <laughs> Yo, is Drew Holiday a point guard? They're fucking dangerous. Mm. Only by position. Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday point guard. You look at Drew Holiday and say, "Wow, what a great distributor!" This guy sets the offense up. Are we gonna go through the whole league? No, no, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, listen. I think I think point guards. There's not a traditional, quote unquote, point guard anymore. It just isn't. Right. Right. I mean, I can't agree more. It's it's just again, it goes back to the. I, I don't know why they continue to pick on this guy. It just feels like national narrative is crazy, man. Like the kid can play. He's been doing it plenty of times. I mean, he did it in the playoffs last year when Chris went down. I mean, did he not play some phenomenal basketball? I mean, he had 10 of the – his 10-game stretch was better than anyone I've ever seen not named Michael Jordan. But see, this this is – I don't even know if it's a thing of, like, hate. It's just a lack of, like, watching the games or educating yourself, informing yourself. Yeah. Like, and I get it because I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert on like Jalen Brown's game or Cole Anthony, someone in the East. Like, I don't, I watch the Suns religiously, so I know the most about that team. But it's one of those things like where if you're going to speak on a guy, what he can and can't do, you better know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. you better watch the fucking games. You better like read the articles, watch the Twitter breakdowns. There's video breakdowns everywhere. Like, there's NBA content everywhere that you can consume, and it drives me crazy that people continue to just spout off opinions without at least doing their homework first. I just kind of hope that, like, to Saul and Flex, your guys' points from earlier um, during preseason, talking about how when we were talking about the MVP conversation and Devin needing to put on the shows on national TV, I hope that continues. I mean, obviously, we got it last night, but... That's going to be a big game changer because those are the people who are drivers of the narrative. So when they're able to actually watch those games, be a part of those games, sometimes from the broadcasting perspective, that helps so much Mm -hmm. because now people are going to look at that interview. They're going to start talking about it. Maybe a couple people will come over on books team and start having those debates a little bit more and providing some of that analysis and being able to back up what it is that we see night and night out because we watch, we just need one of the big media players to become a fan of the Suns. <laughs> like I'm not asking you to root for them, but just watch a good portion of their games so that one of you 
carries that torch, if you well, will. Some of them know, but that content gets buried for whatever ridiculous thing Kendrick Perkins said about Bull Bull winning de- Defensive Player of the Year or some other hot take from some clown that doesn't watch basketball religion. Like, we as content consumers also need to do a better job of stop giving attention to the outlandish hot take shit and actually lifting up the content that is good, that breaks down this stuff. Well, the... the- yeah, the bull bull stuff. I mean, <laughs> that was out of left. Field. That was just wild, mm-hmm. wild, wild, wild. Like my guy really fell into the to the hot take trap, mm-hmm. and he saw a viral video of him playing against some YMCA scrubs, and he thought, "Oh man, he's gonna do this in the league." Mm-hmm. Like, stop, dude, just stop. That's terrible. That's a terrible, terrible take. And I I agree. Like, listen, I told I told everybody, like, Devin Booker has to show out in these national games. When everybody's eyes are on, there was only two games on yesterday. So everybody wanted their their fix of basketball. This was a tremendous opportunity for him to do that. He did it, 32-8. and Like, he led that team down the stretch. He did everything you could ask him to do. Like, he's got to keep those kind of things going when they're playing on the national stage. And listen, that's part of the game. LeBron knows when he's on national TV and when he's not. And he tries to rise up to those occasions. Every good player in the league knows, like, yeah, that's why they sit out against the Indiana Pacers on a Wednesday night because there ain't nobody watching that shit. Mm-hmm. But when they play on TNT against the premier teams, you got to rise up. You got to show everybody why you're the best. And that's what Devin Booker's going to have to do this year if he wants to win MVP. So it, this is step one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great step. I look forward to him continuing that tomorrow night. You, we gave a star tonight, right? Mm-hmm. What do we call it? Uh, I'm sorry, I was big bright shining star. Big bright shining star. I'm a rookie still. That was my first time yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> big, big bright shining star. Okay, mm-hmm. Devin Booker. Last night you saw LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You saw Anthony Davis. You saw the Joker. Mm-hmm. You saw Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, yada yada yada. For the night, was Devin Booker the best player? Yeah. For the night. Probably. Right, And so this is what I'm saying. Now, you had all those stars that could have had all their moments. And I left last night thinking the guy that suits up for my team is the best of all those stars last night. And then I go home and I'm disappointed that they're talking about Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. It's going, not scoring a point in the second half. And mm-hmm. so that, that's my problem with the national narrative. I, I get it's true what you're saying, but it's only true if they follow along and give the guy his well, damn flowers. Well, okay. Because well, right now we talk. This is, this is, this is where we kind of, we are forgetting the nuance of the situation too. Go ahead. Like Anthony Davis was talking big shit in the preseason about, yeah, we're going to see what these nuggets are all about when they meet up, meet up with them. And then his ass got shut out in the second half. So yeah, as the national media, you're going to talk about how Anthony Davis talked the talk and couldn't walk the walk. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the national media said Devin Booker can't play point guard. They don't have a point guard. The Suns are going to do this, that, and third. And he comes out and he plays point guard and dominates the game in Golden State. And so, again, we, I, I, we're splitting hairs, and I get what you're saying. They, they're going to they talk about everything, but I just don't feel like the juice is worth the squeeze. Like, he did that last night, and they've already moved on. I, I was looking this morning. They were, they've already moved on. They're moving on to the next thing. And so it shouldn't matter what you do. Every playoff game's on national TV. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. Am I, am I, the NBA Finals are on national TV. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done enough on national TV that I should not have to be sitting here worrying about if Devin doesn't have a good game on Thursday versus the Lakers. Oh, my God. Like, it shouldn't matter. It's 82 games. And unless he's getting the flowers he deserves... For doing it on national TV, I just hate that narrative. It just, it just, I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think we just need somebody big time in the national media to kind of become a fan of the Suns and Devin Booker beyond just saying it only when it's like trendy, right? Because yeah. we hear it right. occasionally in playoff moments where people are like, oh, yeah, I've always been a fan of Book or whatever, whatever. It's like, well, then make the hot takes about being a fan of book because there's still hot takes. If everybody is also is continuing to talk about how Devin can't do this or the, the, the short uh, comings from Devin and things of that nature, then you flipping it around is the hot take of the day when it comes to him. So let's just see some more of it, but whatever. Anyway, uh, Gerald, you do have some plays from last night's game involving Devin Booker that you'd like to break down. Yeah, let's talk about some actual basketball type stuff. Um, So this first play, this was 
want we're going to go through two of his last three assists to close out the night. This was when the Suns were up by one with about a minute 15 to go. And Booker is driving left with Kaminga on him. He's got Eric Gordon on the wing, KD on the corner to space the floor. And then Josh Okogie is in that left side corner. So Booker crosses over. He redirects to the right. Nurkic repositions himself really well. He does a good job of angling himself and re-angling himself on screens. So Looney, Nurk's man, is in the drop there. And Chris Paul is on Josh Okogie in the corner, but he's already helping off. So Kaminga goes over the screen here and is trailing Booker on his drive. So Looney can't slide back to Nurk while he's diving just yet. Chris Paul sees the open space that Nurk is rolling into there, and he starts to help over because he basically has to at this point. Um, Booker evaluates. He hangs in the air. Looney's recovering. Kaminga's contesting. But the lob is there to Nurk. So Chris Paul has to help all the way over and try to pick off that pass. Well, Book knows that's coming. He's played with Chris Paul before. He knows what the right read is, which is why he jumps so high to give himself time to kind of survey his options. He trusts his teammates. He kicks it to Josh Okogie on the weak side. CP3 sees it happening too late. He starts to retreat with the pass flying to his man in the corner. Okogie catches the pass. He's got more than enough space to fire, and the shot clock is down to two, so he needs to shoot anyway. This is the exact shot that the Suns need him to hit at a respectable rate this season. He shot 33.5% last year, and he wanted to start the season better in that regard this year. So he buries the three, and like I said, this is what opponents are going to force him to make. Steph Curry said after the game, this is the type of shot you have to live with as a defense against the Suns. So if Okogi can make those, like this offense is going to be unfair. I also think I think it's important to realize, and, and obviously we weren't courtside, we can't see this close, right, from the TV angle. But I'm almost 100% positive that not only did Booker uh, get up in the air high enough to where he can, he had options, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a jump a jump pass is not a good move. Not a good look. Not mm-hmm. a good, like, coaches will tell you all day, <laughs> don't do that. Don't but do that. he jumped with a purpose, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I guarantee you, because Chris Paul's not stupid yep. and he's a very good defender and he will read your eyes, I guarantee you looking Devin Booker was looking, looking at, at the rim on oh, the roll okay. mm-hmm. to sell that and then skip past it. Mm-hmm. Like, I guarantee you, and that's why Josh got such a wide-open look. There's so right. many variables to this yep. that, that I, I think are just tremendous. And Devin Booker, again, we talk about evolution. That's another little part of his evolution. That's a great call. And, and it's split-second decision-making as well. And we saw this on the last play of the game with Nurkic that we talked about earlier. There was that one feed to Eric Gordon in between. But I wanted to do this one as well because, again, this is manipulating Chris Paul as the help defender there, and he does it so well. So Suns are up two. There's 15 seconds left. A bucket effectively ends the game here. Booker has Gary Payton the second on him. Nurkic is setting a screen near the top of the key. Durant is on the wing one pass away, which was key last night because, like we said, that gives Booker more space to operate one-on-one with minimal help shading over. Okogi is on the far side corner. Eric Gordon is in the left corner with Chris Paul on him. So Booker drives to his right. Nurkic makes really good contact on Peyton here. Peyton's a pretty slippery defender, so we got to give Nurk credit for setting a good screen. Looney's in the drop, but because of the screen that Nurk sets, he's going to have to come up on Booker. Looney does exactly that as Book gathers. He was three of eight from three last or last night, um, and he's not hesitating on pull-up threes. So Looney has to mitigate that threat. Peyton is going under the screen, and Nurk is starting to roll. Again, Booker elevates into the air for a midair uh, pass there. Looney challenges. Peyton's trying to recover. Nurk is rolling into open space, and he's only got Clay Thompson and Chris Paul as help defenders in front of him. But because of that last play where Booker found a Kogi on the skip pass in the weak side corner, Paul's kind of hesitant to help all the way over, and that's especially the case because it's not a, a Kogi in that corner anymore. It's Eric Gordon, and as bad as he shot last night, like you don't leave Eric Gordon in the corner there. Mm-hmm. So with Paul a little late and hesitant on tagging the roller, Booker finds him over the top as Nurkic is heading down the lane, and now it's just Paul and, and Thompson in the way. Very little size or length for Nurkic to worry about. Nurk takes a dribble. Like we mentioned, Eric Gordon, Gordon is open in that weak side corner but because Nurk takes that power dribble and closes the distance he rises up for the layup past Thompson who doesn't contest very well um, and now Nurk is nowhere near as good at finishing as DA he shot 63% at the rim last year DA was at 79% but he gets this clutch layup to go he had missed one from that exact angle earlier in the game 
but he hits this one. Suns go up by four. Effectively, game is over. And most importantly, Devin Booker, three assists to close out the game. Like That is exactly what Point Book is going to be able to do with the weapons that he has around him. I also think there's a little small thing that I want to point out about what Nurkic did on that screen against GP. GP is, like he said, very slippery. And he can get around screens rather easily yeah. mm-hmm. unless you put a body on him. Now, there's a difference between what Nurk usually does right. where he gets a wide base and he sets the screen and lets the player kind of dictate what's going to happen. With with GP, if you sit there and let him work around you, he's going to get through you. So he had to get his body all the way up on him. And not only did he do that, he subtly, if you see his arms, he put his yeah. arms up in his rib cage underneath his, sh- underneath his elbow. So he didn't have leverage and he was stuck and he had to spin out of it to get out of the way. And that small little move yeah. caused him to have to react in a way that Nurkic was able to get freed up afterwards instead of just slipping by because uh, then we, Devin yeah. Booker kind of would have been in no man's land. So yeah. that was that. I mean, it was just again, we talk about these small things. That's what leads to, to wins in the NBA. Those are the those are fantastic points, bro. Both of you guys, great jobs. I mean, those are the little things. And again, Aiton is a better finisher, mm-hmm. but these are the little things that makes uh, Nurkic a little bit of a better fit. Mm-hmm. That little nuance right there, getting the, getting up in the rib cage, anticipating that he's gonna have to do that because he's so damn slippery and athletic. And so those little things happen. And I will say this about about the DA, the Nurk comparison and why Nurk is better. Nurk understands how to adjust on screens mm-hmm. in terms of how you set them yeah. uh, versus, uh, you know, like DA basically it was kind of one size fits all kind yeah. of screen method. Whereas Nurk, he adjusts depending on what the player was trying to do against them. So I love it. I love I loved what I saw down the stretch last night. That was a great breakdown. Um, and I also love that when he did give the ball to Nurkic, uh, basically everybody was fucked because if they try to close in, Nurk was already ready to pass already that ball out to, to Aaron yeah. Gordon in the yeah. corner too. Right. Kind of like what Jokic does. Yeah. Jokic gets that ball on that pick and roll screen all the time, moving towards the basket, always finds uh, his his guys in the corner for can, for. A can three. I say one last thing about that? Yeah. I would not be surprised if mm-hmm. you're running this same play. Mm-hmm. against the Lakers, mm-hmm. and you're breaking it down, but the opposite happens, and he actually kicks it to Gordon. And you know mm-hmm. why? Because down the stretch yeah. yesterday against the Lakers, the Nuggets ran that same fucking play yeah. five times in a row <laughs> yeah, with did. five different options. <laughs> you're right. I guarantee you're right. the Suns are going to do the They're same thing the same in same thing, and, and, and then when they make that pass to EG and he makes it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're dealing with danger. Yeah. Right. Because now you're, you're showing on tape that you're very versatile. And it can get scary. And, and it is a different animal with Anthony Davis in that paint. So being able to find those shooters yeah. and stay away from that kind of shot blocking monster will help. Yeah. Um, that was one of like five different plays that I broke down on GoPHNX from last night's Suns season opener. If you're interested in looking at some of those, because as ugly as a game as it was, there were quite a few plays that I was like, okay, they're going to be able to do that a lot this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, so that was the focus. And we'll also be releasing a video later today or tomorrow kind of breaking down book down the stretch there um so look for that on our youtube channel okay not to bring us down a notch (laughs) or two Uh but timothy in the chat brought up a couple times the turnovers from last night's game and you know we did talk a lot about point book and that is something that we're gonna have to kind of a growing pain if you will book Mm -hmm. did have quite a few turnovers last night he did address them uh, with the media after the game, he he did talk about the fact that he felt like he was a little bit gassed there late in the game after missing a little over a week with that toe thing he was would, was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, how long do you think it's going to take for a book to really kind of hone it, that in and just kind of reel that in and, and be even better when it comes to the turnovers. I just think it's chemistry. You know, you yeah. gotta you gotta learn these guys. It's 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 different to do it in practice and doing it in drills and stuff like that than it is to get into the thick of a game and understand how players are gonna react when there's fans around, crowds. Like players do act different in front of the crowd as they do in an empty gym. There there's some players that just react differently to the noise. They hear it or they they ignore it or they get amped up and like. 
the focus and the concentration is something that also needs a little bit of practice in those games so yeah. you know where you can trust players. And I think that's what this really comes down to is the tendency, understanding the tendency of your teammates and what they really do like to do. Um, that's something that takes a little while. We, I, I was kind of critical a little bit about like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like KD only played with the Suns for like the last 10 games of the season. Like, is it really that big of a deal? But after you think about it, yeah, it is a big deal because you need to know the little nuances of your teammates in order to trust them and know where, A, they're going to set you up for, for success, but also how you can set them up for success. And that didn't happen really too much outside of Book and KD having a much better relationship on the court than really anybody else on the team. And now you add 13 other dudes into the mix yeah. uh, that are brand new, and this is game one, high intensity, on the road, at Golden State, like that variable does matter. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the the turnovers because I feel like Booker has become more um, cautious yeah. with the ball. Um, it might get a little slippery from time to time because he's trying to test things out, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, they're going to be a lot better for it, especially when we hit May. You know what? I looked at every turnover, mm -hmm. every single one of them. Okay, don't just pull up the box score and say six turnovers. Mm -hmm. There's good turn. There's turnovers that are bad. Mm -hmm. And then there's turnovers that you can live with. Josh Okogi had there a terrible go. turnover there you go. on the baseline. On the baseline. Yeah. Now, there was Book's first turnover was when he cut, he split the double, hit the bounce pass to Okogi, and it went off his toe. Right. Okogi kicked it out of bounds. Mm. Okay. That is one I can live with. Mm -hmm. That's not a terrible turnover. That's just a, a half a second different here and there. That's a dunk. Mm -hmm. right. So that's not a bad turnover. I'm I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I, Devin Booker will have will easily cut that in half. If he's got three turnovers versus the Lakers, I'd be shocked. I, I think because he's that type of dude. He goes in there, he he sees the six turnovers. If you ask Book after the game in a private moment, game truth sermon, say, yo, what do you feel about tonight? He tell you six turnovers piss me off. Mm -hmm. So he's gonna focus on that next game. I think he'll be fine. And I think he's been doing it long enough. Um, I would not be shocked if he goes out there and has one turnover or zero. Like he's that good. So he'll be fine I, i'm not i'm not worried i also oh, right I, I also want to say real quick my coach in college used to say two things you say great effort poor execution yeah i can live with those types of plays when you know the effort is there you can see what they were trying to get to um and maybe you know you just didn't execute the bounce pass or maybe it was a kick off the foot or you overthrew it or whatever okay cool but you knew it was there you just got to execute a little bit better <laughs> the the stupid plays where you're not really thinking you're just throwing the ball casually and shit those are the things you need to eliminate. And we saw that a couple of times yeah. yesterday. Can right. I say, can I say, yeah, my coach, he said the same thing. Yeah. But he, he changed the world. Idea. Good idea, bad execution. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, like you said, that one pass to Kogi, the read was right there. Yeah. Just the pass was off. Um, there was another one that was similar play to Eubanks on the roll. Eubanks stopped his roll short yeah. um, and it went past where he was rolling to. Like these are things with teammates that'll get cleaned up as they grow more comfortable together. Um, there was another one where he kind of lost his footing and, and traveled. There yeah, was one was, where yeah. he was driving and uh, probably got caught up a little bit and trying to give Chris Paul a shoulder, lost the ball. Like yeah. these are not things that are going to be recurring problems, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We did get a super chat from Isai. Thank you for your super chat. Said J.O. flopping fine. Thoughts? I say BS. Yes. Uh, yeah. 100% BS. We did go a little bit more in depth on that in the first segment. If you're coming in here a little bit late on the YouTube live, uh, but we're in agreement with you. Total BS. Total I would BS. like to see the play. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that so somebody, cool. that's, that is fair. We didn't get to actually see it because when they tweeted out the link, the link was broken. Somebody in the chat did say that it, it works now. Yeah. I tried so, it after I saw that. It's still not working for me, but. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it, but either which way, I'm calling BS on it. Mostly because Jay was my guy, so I'm just gonna ride with him 100. <laughs> Unless he comes out and says, "Yeah, that was me," then I'm I'm Team Josh Kogi. He didn't do it. Um, Jam Paul said, "Will we get Point Nurk?" I will say yeah. it was kind of refreshing to see a couple times him get the ball off the rim and just <clears> take <throat> the ball down the court <clears throat> on his own, and then and then get everything set up on that end of the thing. You know, like mm -hmm. I was like, "Yeah, there we go." That that's another <laughs> way to relieve pressure. Yeah. So Booker's not getting tired. First play again. Yeah. Yeah. First play of the game, and it leads to Lynn's uh, big win last night. Love it. We love With a the big and win. one. Yes. Absolutely. And a good pick. I mean, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fun. That's you did. I did. I hit my bet last <laughs> I night. Not. I picked Nurk, first field goal of the game, and uh, won 60 bucks for it. So shout out to you, Nurk. Katie. You're my new BFF. Katie, you, you let me down. You just going to leave me out there? Man? You won too. Yeah, I won too. You let let two. him know. Flex won too. $42, right? 
42. So we're at 42 six, for 60. Flex, 60 for me, minus 10 for Saul, minus 10 for us. we got a long way to go, people. Oh, boy. Go. But if you want to get in on the action and join some of our pregame bets, sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app and using the bonus code PHNX. You place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through their BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10, and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. You guys, they're literally giving away free money. Like, Download take advantage of this one. Plus, then you have more money that you get to play with and could potentially win even more money with. It's a win-win all around. Check out the show notes for full details, and now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. And, of course, we highly recommend you check out our friends over at OG's Brands. They've got a variety of delightful flavors of their scratch made THC gummies, the best that you will find in Arizona. And we want you to try them or many of their delightful flavors for yourself so you can be the judge. But the best part is they've got mixed bags of their flavors. They've got the fruits that have red apple, watermelon, and peach. They've got the creams. It's got blackberries and cream, orange creamsicle, and peaches and cream as well. So you can find them on social at OG's Brands or online at ogsbrands.com to find a local dispensary near you. You do have to be 21 or older to enjoy, and we do ask that you enjoy responsibly. Greg Esposito's in the chat, everybody. <laughs> I uh, see you, bro. You said that. His full name. <laughs> Your first that? and last name. That's right. Espo came in and said, Lindsay and Flex talking crap now because they know they won't be able to soon. Jay asked, who won last year? Oh, Jay, you know who won last year. I already year. said it twice yesterday. I said that you won last year on the pregame show on a Hail and Mary. the postgame show. On a Hail, Hail Mary, I've Mary. heard. I, look, I saw the tape. So Hail Mary. don't act like I didn't give you your flowers, Saul. I wasn't here to see the flowers, so... Well, go you, back and watch the tape, Saul. No, then you got to give me my flowers when I'm here. It nope. doesn't count. That's not how it works. You got to be here. I don't know why you paused. I'm just telling you how I feel. <laughs> and I'm just what telling was that, you like a 15-leg parlay? It was a 10-leg parlay. Damn, bro. Hey. Eight. Emma eight, said it was eight. Eight-leg eight leg parlay. It was okay. still yeah. impressive. I'm not going to But I was really pissed. Anyway, uh, we did get one final NBA thing today. Uh, they announced that they're returning to the classic East versus West matchup for the All-Star game it. and the traditional scoring system with four 12-minute quarters uh, for 2024, the game that will be played in Indianapolis. Love, love, love the East versus West. Hate that they're getting rid of the Elam ending. Boom. There it is. Hate that. I'm fine with bringing back the East versus West, but I enjoyed the draft. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I hated the draft. The draft was fun. It was funny. And then people read into it too much and made it not as fun. Yeah. I want to, I, I like them going back East West. I like them getting it back to regular bash, but I do like the, the, the ending. Um, mm -hmm. Here's what I want. I don't want no more all-star uniforms. I want None? them to go. I want them to go back. Yes. to where they you wear their uniforms. Yes, east um, and west. Mm -hmm. Let them rock, man. I want to see Phoenix Suns jerseys in the All Star game. I don't want to see some crappy ass All Star jerseys. I'm uh. I don't really care what the fuck they wear, and I don't care how the fuck they play this. The only thing that matters is that they're competitive. Yeah. And all you make all the changes in the world, but if these dudes are coming out here like it's a damn layup line all game long, nobody's ever gonna care. Yep. Like and the 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 All-Star game has lost its luster over the course of the last two decades because we have players half-assing this game mm -hmm. instead of playing and playing like they care. Play like you do in pickup ball for crying out loud. That's way more competitive yeah. than these games. Give like, them incentive. Again, like it just doesn't matter if if they don't care, it's not gonna matter. So I hope the guys like take that to heart they go out there and they, and they play and try to play some defense for crying out loud would you say that the nba all-star game is a prime event like as far as advertisement and people oh, yeah. yes. it's a premium it's event. a money maker okay it's, yeah. a, premium, it's a premium event it's a shit game yeah so mm -hmm. if it's a premium uh, event and you got all these eyes on it we're, we're gonna pay people for the playing tournament like that's part of the incentive for the mm -hmm. playing tournament mm -hmm. when the hell is the nba gonna get it and say 
let's pay these players for who wins the All Star well, game. To be fair, a lot of them have they get a bump for making the All Star game. It's built into yeah, their but, contract. But if you give them a, a different bump, if you give them a, if if you say, "Yo, guys, we're gonna cut this check divided by the amount of players on this team, whoever wins," and it's a, it's a good number, I think they'll who. But what's a good number? Yeah, because you're talking about the top of the top. Yeah, They're already making boat. Giannis, Giannis just got three for one eighty six. Like, what does he need with another million dollars? He's not going to care about I, that. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. I, I do. I That's still why think the playing tournament is going to be way more because of the lower level. Guys. Because you got like the Suns have a bunch of vet minimum guys. Okay, they get an extra five hundred k. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I, I still think that a million dollars is a million dollars. I think just because these guys got money doesn't mean that they're like crazy about their money like that's a lot of money if you told every player how many players is it 12 another thing 12. can we get to 15 yeah can we get to 15 in the all-star game like it should it should be rosters. but let's say it's 12 i mean is it crazy to think that every player gets a million dollars 12 million dollar pot it's probably not crazy but right. i don't again i just don't think that they're going to care about that they don't no. care. i don't think they'll care enough about that to be honest with you i really i just don't okay eric said they need to do something about the dunk contest shaking my oh, head God. i think that's kind of like so <laughs> It seems like from top to bottom, either they need a full like revamp of the entire weekend or they need to see if there is a way. And I know this is easier said than done, but removing like the politics of the NBA from All Star Weekend, if that makes sense. As far because you know how like when you want to talk about yeah voting and all that kind of stuff yeah, and people getting cool. snubbed. And when that type of stuff happens, the players are like fine. I'm not doing it anymore. I will say I'm not participating. I don't like this. We don't we don't vibe with this. Like that. I think that kind of took over from a player's mentality as well and killed it for them too. I would say that Aaron Gordon has been a cautionary tale in yeah. terms of involvement. Like he he really went hard twice in a row, and that second time really got screwed. Yeah, uh, more more than the first. The first time he got screwed. It, you know, it but, but but you could it make close, it. You yeah. could make it an argument either way. The second time, I was like, he was clear in front of the winner, and Dwayne Wade had some stupid ass bullshit that he was trying to pull off uh, to keep it from happening. And and also like the again, dunk contest used to be ag one of the best. I, again, yeah. we have to go back to this again and again. I think that these players are not appreciating the history of the NBA yeah. enough because this is where it all started when you had guys. Uh, you know, uh, coming in uh, through like you had Dominique versus Jordan yeah. in, the, in the slam dunk contest. And then you have your surprises like D Brown, uh, Kenny Skywalker yeah, and guys that. like that, that would surprise everybody. But then you had Vince Carter, like, like superstars that were participating in the dunk contest. Sean everybody was clamoring for LeBron to be a part of the dunk yeah, contest at one point. Kobe did it. Yeah. Jordan did it. But LeBron didn't do it for whatever reason. Like, we want to see the stars do this. So when we see somebody like Wemby this year, Zion Williamson, because, hell, when Zion came in as a rookie, nobody cared about his game. They just wanted to see him <laughs> dunk all the time. If there's not a guy that should have been in the dunk contest more than that, I don't know why we're even doing this. Like, the, the stars need to come back and participate in these events to make them worthwhile again because nobody cares about – scrub X, Y, and Z on the end of whatever bench that you never heard of and now can jump out the gym and do a bunch of cool stuff unless it's just absolutely out of this world kind of stuff. And that's that's been very rare. LeBron set a bad precedent. I don't, not to pin it all on one guy, but when younger stars started entering the league, LeBron had never done one. A lot of these other guys that came up with LeBron never did one. And that's kind of the standard now. Like superstars are above the dunk contest they also need to get rid of like the gimmicky shit with the dunk contest because half the time it's like blake griffin dunking over that kia was really cool and now every year it's someone dunking over something stupid and there's no like artistry to the actual dunks and yeah. i get it we're running out of ways to dunk a basketball but like you see dudes that are not playing professional basketball put together mixtapes that are way more inventive than that's half the I'll, shit we see in the in the dunk so, contest so why not that's what i was gonna say Mm. Why not get some of these people involved? Yeah. Why not get some of these amateurs, some of these street guys that are legends that can do some incredible things? How about we get them involved mm -hmm. and have them press the button of the lead? I mean, How I don't, about, if I don't I, hate that. That's what I'm saying. If that. I come in and, and you give me a minute on TNT and I'm a street guy and I'm like, you know what? 
hey, bro, lace him up. I could beat you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That might entice a star to say, let's do it, dog. Let's add another layer to this. And if that street guy beats you, a million dollars out there of your you paycheck go. goes there to There you him go. Not, now we're speaking like NBA yeah. executives now, that now can run Now you're losing money if you get beat. Yeah. Even without the money, they'd never agree to that. They don't want any part of being embarrassed by some guy well, off the street. Well, that, that makes it part of, part of, But that is part that of the problem. That's part, that's part of the mentality that, that I feel like has... Listen, you could, Michael Jordan and Kobe were never afraid of anybody. Like they don't, they just even if they would have lost, man, they would have been oh, Kobe about been that. Like, yeah, and they would have made sure that they never did that again, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I I do like that. I would say this: it would be like an eight-person format, Ooh. and you would draw to see who you would draw on your side of the bracket, and then the championship is the only one where it's one mono versus a, yes. a mono. Street versus NBA. I like that. I would like to see that. I would love to see that because now you're like, oh man, I hope my guy over here from Brooklyn yeah. or Phoenix or whatever yeah. is in this championship, and I hope he goes up against you know whoever. Right. Like, oh my gosh, let's go! I grew up with a guy, Wally Dixon, main event, it, uh, mixtape. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my yeah. guy. Like, okay. I grew up with Wally. Man, man, I man, I used to sit down and be like, man, Wally will blow some of these dudes out. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, my guy was air up there. Played with, and, yeah. played, played with him in high school. Okay. And he could jump out the gym, could touch the top of the backboard. Yeah, that's like incredible. I just grab quarters off yeah. the right. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like stuff. just unbelievable. So But I don't know. Hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they, they come up with some that. ideas. What are we laughing at? Come on, man. Hey, cut <laughs> that out. Hey, bro, Mar East Coast, we try to Mar win. If we gotta play Mar zone, play zone. Mario Not Bros too said Flex wants the teams to play zone like in LA Fitness in the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me at LA Fitness, bro. <laughs> I'll zone your ass up. Let's go. Let's go. One Meet one me one. at LA Fitness. I'll play zone right here. One on one, baby. Let's go. Hey, bro, is that not you? Come on. You never play pick up ball and y'all play zone. Bro. No. We yo, we Whatever. used to send dudes off the court for saying, man, get the fuck out of here with your zone, man. Man up. <laughs> not in pickup. Never Why? pick up. In rec league, sure, but not in pickup. Nah, I mean, I yo, bro, we go, you go, I'm telling you, I go to New York, man, and there's really? there's a hundred dudes waiting. You're not gonna lose. Like the bros, y'all playing pick y'all playing bro, zone. And they play hard too. It's not no soft ass zone. We playing zone, we knocking people's heads off if you got listen, man. Listen, dog, dog, dog. They're playing dude. Syracuse man up zone. Yeah, hey, go. hey, I'm dog, I'm listen. Man, I'm telling you, bro. I don't understand how this is so foreign to y'all. Like, we get on the court for the most oh, part. You no. want to play man, but if there's a significant matchup, if you got five nasty guards and you want a heater, you want a five game win streak, and you got some team that just came in with a bunch of big dudes or vice versa, you got to look at each other and be like, dog, none of us can deal with that dude man to man. We're gonna zone up. We're gonna get this dub. We're gonna keep moving. I mean, that's smart basketball. No, Shit, we man. play zone in the NBA. No, Why no, can't no, we play no. zone? That's streets. not how we. That's not how we look at it. If you got five dudes that that are guards versus five bigs, it's like, all right, man. Hey, we're gonna go one four. That's ice stupid. Out, and we're gonna beat them with the twos, man. That's what we're gonna do because we can outshoot their ass. And they then, might and, get the ones. That's fine. They can work that shit down. But we'll be up four two on two possessions. Let's go, man. I'm so torn on this, bro. I'm so torn on this. Me, 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 LA Fitness, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got me going, man. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, to round out today's show, we have some bittersweet news for you guys. Mm -hmm. Our producer, Little Miss Emma, is moving on from the PHNX Suns podcast. Mm. She's still staying within the family. We can't tell you exactly what it is that she's going to do just yet. So, But she'll be around. She'll be in the Discord. I'm sure she'll be in the chat. And she'll come back and visit us um, at times. We'll make sure of that. We make sure Emma comes back every once in a while for mm -hmm. sure. For sure. But uh, it's a bittersweet day because we're excited for Emma, but we're really bummed that she's going to be leaving us as well. And I know I told you guys we would give you the breakdown of what happened to Gerald's shirt. So basically what had happened was to celebrate Emma leaving on a new adventure, we all went out to brunch this morning to have some good food. Emma was going to have a two-drink minimum. Well, Gerald was like, I'll oblige at least one of those. And then he got like three of them dropped on his back. Here's what happened. <laughs> so here we are at Emma's going away party. Gerald's having a few extra mimosas. And he's wearing a few extra mimosas. Gerald, compose yourself, buddy. Come on. I know. 
to bring out this shirt and drink a third. You're going to have to have a little meeting because Gerald showed up to work just reeking of alcohol. So, Emma, this was all your idea, right? <laughs> the mandatory drinking? Yeah, two drink, two drink minimums. Well, Gerald's had five. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's why Gerald is wearing a snooze t-shirt. I did it for Emma because my shirt was soaked and I had to bring me another one in towels. Um, I will give you credit, Gerald. You Your reaction to getting multiple drinks spilled on you was very calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, what are you going to do? Solid work there. <laughs> Emma, you guys, is really sad. Also, if you're here on YouTube, you should definitely read Emma's shirt. You'll get it if you've been around for long enough. Um, and you'll probably appreciate it as much as we all appreciate it. But thanks, Emma. You're welcome. Get fucked, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's how you do an appropriate send-off. That's, send -off. Close that's out. exactly how you that's do it. That's the most perfect Emma send-off. Yeah, she's uh, she's been with us for, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. A year and a half? Mm -hmm. Yeah, took over for uh, DJ Father mm -hmm. and, uh, and took over for us when she became full-time. And she came in as an intern. Mm -hmm. She came in. She's still, still in my phone she, as Emma she, intern. Emma intern. Also about to finish up her degree in December, finally. Thank you uh, for sticking with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's joining the All-City team. Uh, she's, she won't be here at PHNX. That's why we're saying goodbye because she won't be around the office as much. And we've appreciated every single thing she's contributed to the pod, including, including the original welcome to girth, uh, <laughs> yes. ideation, which, uh, she took of Shane's and made it better. No shade to Shane, <laughs> but she just had a better look to it. And that's, uh, that's where it all started. And that's honestly, listen, one thing can change it all for you folks. And that that graphic by itself to me was like, yeah, she's got she's got to have a job here. Like, that's great. So, Love you, kid. Yes, we love you. Uh, she's honestly kept us in check since she took over our show. One of the more motivated and organized people that we have at this company, despite being the youngest one. So we will miss you, but definitely not goodbye. It's a see you soon. Yes. Yeah. Love you, Em. Hey, you made it easy for me. When I came in here, it was rough transition, a lot, and you, you, you came hey, what in. What we do to you? Huh? No, y'all just <laughs> damn man. Y'all start talking Nothing. about shit exactly. like zone defense, <laughs> making me feel like Emma doesn't do that. She just shows me love. Day one, came in, got me my biggie thing going. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was love. So always made me feel like home. And I will say this: uh, she sent me a text like three weeks ago, and I was struggling. No, this is real. This is I'm, I'm keeping it 100. I was home. It was like three weeks ago, and I was a little bit struggling because chemistry, you know, I want to fit in. I don't want to mess up. And randomly, for no reason, she texted me and sent me a paragraph and basically said, dog, you belong here. And I love you for that. I needed that. I told you that night. And that's real. So, yeah, that's real. We're going to miss her. And as everybody in the chat is pointing out some of their fun memories, like, hello, when Emma tried to get it. <laughs> Try to slide up in their DMs. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like no, we're not doing that. No, it's too late, Emma. You had your chance. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know the whole story that came from that. Talking about how Emma cusses like a sailor, which is yeah, absolutely yeah. facts. Love it. All the crazy, ridiculous shenanigans that Emma brought to this show. Um, Jay said, I remember when Emma told me she appreciated me. Emma? Do you want to tell Jay that you appreciate him? She shook her head at me. It's true. Yeah. See? So all kinds of wonderful memories, all kinds of ridiculous shenanigans. We can't thank Emma enough, and we are so excited for her future. We'll keep you guys posted. Give her a follow on social as well if you want to keep up with everything that Emma goes on to do in her career. Mm -hmm. yeah. sure. All yeah. right. Well, with that, we'll say goodbye. Tomorrow we'll have a pregame show for you, 30 minutes before tip-off, and a post-game show after the game wraps up against the Lakers. So plan to come hang out with us then. And until we see you tomorrow, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. You can follow me at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore bookman. You can follow Flex <laughs> at Flex from Jersey. And, of course, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You want to do it? Yeah. Uh, listen, Flex belongs here. He's always belonged here. Uh, we just had to coach the zone out of them. So, <laughs> ahoy, ahoy.